A website is never finished, especially a B2B tech website. Welcome to Forward Slash, the podcast that explores how B2B tech companies can leverage their websites to achieve fast, efficient, predictable, and scalable growth. In each episode, I take a big issue affecting the B2B tech landscape and then pick the brains of marketing leaders around the world to learn how the issue affects the questions B2B tech marketers should be asking about their websites and how to answer them. Let's get into it. Drew Brucker, a VP of Marketing at Lasso. Uh, thanks for joining me today, man. How are you doing? Doing great, Adam. Good to see you, man. Um, I'm really, I'm really excited to to speak with you today, man. I've been following you for about uh, it's been a couple months, about two months now. Um, you you kept popping up on my on my uh, my LinkedIn feed. Uh, You're like, everybody was this annoying guy. <laughs> just follow him. Right. What is all of this stuff that my network is liking <laughs> about what this guy is doing? What's up here? Um, and I, you know, I really love the the mix of of marketing and and productivity and and like work life balance insights um, that you provide. But I'm really intrigued uh, with Lasso um, and how you're approaching its marketing because from from where I'm sitting, it's in a really interesting situation. Um, being in what what seems to be a young, and we'll, we we can dive into this. Correct me if I'm wrong, um, but you know what seems to be a pretty young category um but especially in 2023 right which is a completely different landscape than than 2022 yeah. so I'm, I'm i'm really looking forward to to picking your brain around how you're thinking about that um but first of all uh just to kind of frame the the whole the the, the discussion that that i'd like to have uh i'd like to learn about you and and lasso um so if you can just give me like the thousand foot view, like overall positioning uh, of Lasso, what is it? Who is it for? And 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 why should they care about it? Yeah, I, I so I came to Lasso uh, would have been almost two years ago now. Lasso is a part of the the larger events industry, but um, one thing I didn't know when I joined is that that sort of larger uh, industry itself is huge, right? And that can mean a lot mm. of different things for us. What what that means is any. Um, any live event that takes place, conference, um, festival, concert, um, sporting event, there are companies that are hired to put on those events, right? And that can be both technical and non-technical, meaning, hey, I need audio, video, lighting, stage work, all of these things done to put on this production side of the house, right? And mm -hmm. then there's also, you know, things like, uh, let's just talk about the Super Bowl, for example, because it's it's right around the corner. Um, the staffing, the security, the ticket takers, the concessions, sort of this non-technical talent, but is still part of putting on the event, right? And so it's all of these experiences as consumers that we go to, but we overlook all of the the planning and the effort and the execution that goes into the before, the during, and the after. So we serve those companies, both the event production side and the event staffing uh, side of the house. And uh, we provide software. So we're a SaaS company to help them, you know, do anything from schedule to onboard, to time track, to payroll, uh, to project manage their events and so forth. And so really like a, a stern to stem type of offering that we provide them. And what is what does the market look like for you? Is it pretty saturated? Is it is it growing? Uh, no, I, I you know like where we're at right now, it, it's it's wide open. In a lot of ways, we are the only ones. Um, and the reason mm. I say that is because 
we have a mindset and we'll probably jump into this, but, but it's more or less like a, a vertical SaaS mindset, right? We are, we are coming for the start to finish execution of everything that goes into this. There are a lot of like pieces of the puzzle. Uh, the current landscape includes a lot of companies that have been around for a while that maybe just focus on one or two of those things. And so, and, and, and in doing so, right, companies are using four, five, six, seven, eight tools, or they're, you know, they're, they're using the status quo in a lot of ways with, with spreadsheets or, um, mm-hmm. you know, documents like that. And so we are, we are trying to redefine both that entire workflow, but, but the category itself. Uh, I, I'm assuming, I, I'm curious what it's like for a company in your situation. Um, it, what go-to-market motions are you using? Is it mostly sales-led? Is it marketing-led? Yeah, like I, I think we were a marketing-led motion when I got there uh, because mm-hmm. we, we only had one salesperson. They were not, a, <laughs> not even a prospector. They were just doing the demos that came in via inbound. We just hired and built out the sales team within the last four or five months. Now, since doing that, right, like we've seen incredible growth because we're starting to take advantage of all of the awareness, education, and people that have sort of been brought along and warmed up to then close the deal and just being proactive. But when I got there, marketing led, um, as time's gone on, I, I think we've started and are probably now well firm into sort of the content led growth motion, where we've scaled up content. We know um, certain areas we like to play in and repurpose and what's working for us and and those certainly early leading indicators of our success there. Mm -hmm. And then we're starting to sort of have an eye on the community led growth motion. So going back to the point that you made about, hey, is this space saturated or are there comp, you know, competitors or, or what does this look like? I did a ton of research when I when I first came on board into um, getting to know who the customers were, our product, um, where they go for news, how they talk to each other, um, what they lean on for best practices, and so forth. And, and the overwhelming conclusion was there is no place that they go digitally for this stuff. It's all personal connections that take place mostly offline, in private, right? Text messages, calls. Um, Maybe there are some Facebook groups, right, um, or local meetups, but but it's very fragmented. And I think part of that was also like the antiquity of the space, but also what happened with COVID, right? And mm-hmm. so I, I heard that, and that set off alarms for me. But it's like we have the ability to take this sort of baton, right, or and and be that place to build the community out to be the bridge between what people are, are talking about privately and you know, talk about those things publicly. And so I was telling you a little bit about the companies we serve. We also serve the crew, which are, you know, these companies may have a, a, a bench of people that they use for you know, camera, audio, video lighting, whatever. But in some circumstances, they still need to go out and get freelancers to do this. So some people mm-hmm. don't even have those gigs and work for a company full-time, they just bounce from event to event. We also service them. Gotcha. Uh, we have our own marketplace for them. So our whole idea is about being this bridge between the companies, the crew, and changing the standardization and the process and workflow of what this industry is doing currently, because it's 
it's broken in so many ways. And people have just put up for it with it for a long, long time. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, there's a lot to unpack there. Thanks for taking me through that. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to, I'd like to dive into that uh, and, and kind of connect all the little, the little dots that, that you inevitably are going to have to be working with. Um, and I'd, I'd like to frame this, this first question first with, with just kind of the, 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 the reality of the B2B market. And, and I think everybody knows this. I just kind of want to, you know, start with it. Um, you know, 2022 happened. Um, it was a strange time. Uh, there's a lot of paradigm shifts going on. Um, but pretty much, uh, all in all, it, it, it's a, a lot of companies are finding that, you know, the markets are shrinking, right? Especially for B2B SaaS. Um, it's not going to be that like this for everybody, but I mean, there's obviously this, this uh, situation, longer sales cycles. Um, it's harder to open wallets. And then you have this idea of the, of dark social and dark funnel, kind of what, uh, what you were alluding to. Um, yeah. I think it's around like 20% of, of the, uh, the buyer journey is really only including the, the, the supplier. I think that was a, a stat uh, provided by Gartner. Um, so given this reality, coming full, full circle and, and based off of your past experiences, the past roles, um, I'm curious, are you finding the fact that it's a young category or that your main competitor uh, in large part are like spreadsheets and human labor and, and because it's like so disconnected, are you finding that as an advantage to having just like actual uh, uh, uh you know, like a saturated kind of like MarTech or sales tech. Are you finding yeah. that as an advantage, a disadvantage? Neither. Is it all pretty much kind of the same regardless? Curious what curious what you're seeing there. I mean, the, the competitor in me looks at it as an advantage because, right, like we, we, we're not playing catch up to anybody. It's more or less we're on offense and trying to take advantage of this, this window that I think really opened up during COVID. Live events were impacted so dr drastically that, they shut down completely, right? Of course, COVID impacted a lot of industries, but this was one of them where nothing happened, right? No mm -hmm. shows were happening. And if they were, right, they, they moved away from the live component. And so there, there was literally nothing happening. A pin could drop. And I think what had sort of um, happened was a lot of these companies then realized, I cannot keep doing things the same way as we did pre-pandemic. Um, mm -hmm. and not even in a, a choice way, it was more of a necessity. And so we've got this opportunity to really set the tone, lead from the front, be on the offensive and, you know, at the same time, just have these sort of imaginary and, and visionary ideas of what we want the industry to be. And we've got people on our team that have worked in this industry and understand it. And our founder was, was one of our ICPs and, and built this out. And so it's, it's, a, it's a founder led understood product as well, right? Which just only increases the idea that we can relate to what these, these folks are going through. And so mm. I, I totally view that as an advantage in a lot of ways. Gotcha, that makes sense. Um, so take me through that. I'm curious how you're thinking about go to market. Um, I like to start with their KPIs. What are you working with there? Yeah, like for, for us, I think deep voice of customer research is key for 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 any team right now. But uh, we're focused on that. We're focused on co-creation of content um, as well. So like we don't want to be we don't want to be preaching. We don't want to be lecturing. We don't want to. I mean, sure, there is some education and thought leadership component, but we need to be we need to be including everybody else in the community 
to lead us forward. We're, we're not, you know, just somebody up on a stage telling everybody else where we need to go. We're trying to play our part and help facilitate that, but also have everybody else bought in to now's the time that we can do this, but it's going to take a collective effort. So, so there's that, there's the sentiment, um, the experience that we're focused on, right? So just a lot of these companies that have used tools in the past, haven't had great experiences and so forth. Um, you know, as a company too, I think we're looking at it. Uh, one thing that's been great is our sales marketing and, and customer success teams are working collectively as a revenue team. Mm. I don't think a lot of people can, uh, companies can say that truly. Uh, I think that's sort of been partly because of the people that are here and partly because of the size of the company. We took advantage of that at the right time. But, you know, I sat down with, with my boss, the CRO, our VP of sales, VP of CS, and we mapped out everything in terms of, hey, here's where we view the strategy going forward. Here's what's happening with our future product launches. Um, these are the KPIs we want to set forth. These are how we're going to measure them, right? And these are how we're going to get our internal teams to adopt, you know, uh, this idea that we're all one collective team, right? Everything that marketing does has this cascading effect to sales, which has a cascading effect to CS. And, and that can be, those connections can be made either way. And so I think that's been a huge part of it. And then more from a KPI standpoint, right? Like what are, what are we responsible for? Um, you know, of course, like at a company level, we have quarterly goals that are tied to the company revenue. Awesome, right? Because that keeps mm -hmm. our, our focus on the bigger picture. We also have team goals where we're focused on, for us, what that means right now is scheduled net new demos and scheduled upsell demos because we recognize the opportunity that exists both in net new and the upsell opportunity we currently have because of just the data and research we've done. What, what's the thought process there as far as like prioritization is customer expansion versus new customer acquisition? I'll give you, I'll give you something very clear here. So with the sales build out that I mentioned earlier, we, we just hired an account manager that is just responsible for upsells. Oh, okay. Haven't had that. We've got AEs, but they're going to be more taking in the demos that we get uh, via inbound or for net new. And this is going to allow us to have somebody that's penetrating the accounts proactively, also has marketing, you know, doing things like if we have got a product launch, we're servicing both. We've got a strategy that caters specifically to customers, and we've got a strategy that caters specifically to prospects. The great thing I think about some of the products that we have I would say the majority of them, they're not that new concepts. They're doing these things, just mm -hmm. not in the way that they might be doing them now through our product, right? It, 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 there are tasks and things that they're already doing. It's just sort of the repackaging of, hey, look, not only can you do this in a better way, all of these things now talk to each other. You don't have to run around for all these tools, which makes you as a business owner or somebody that is on a leadership team at one of these companies really start to understand the ROI benefit of investing in this tool. That doesn't exist in this industry either. A lot of these people just think, hey, this is the way it's always been. I have to sort of, you know, bite off these things that I are going to be hard to chew later on in terms of costs or things that I didn't see in terms of hidden expenses later on. And that's just the mm -hmm. way it's always been. Now we have tools that you can foresee those things. You can take advantage of them. And, and we can do some of the calculations for them. It's, it's like, hey, look, are you doing this, 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 and this? Okay, got it, got it. How many events are you doing a year? Got it. How many people is that usually? Got it. Okay, so this number is going to sound crazy, 
but this is how much you could say, right? Like it's mm-hmm. literally, um, it, it's mind blowing the number almost in a way where it sounds like fake. Like it, it's just, it's crazy because no one has, has really captured the ability to correct um, a lot of the oversight that has just become such a normalized process for a lot of the owners and, and people that are, are responsible for finances. Gotcha. Um, you mentioned how uh, you're in product launch mode. Uh, when we when we uh, talked for the first time a week ago, I think you said there's four products that you're planning on launching in Q2. I wanted yeah. to, um, I, I, I love uh, how integrated it seems your go-to-market teams are um, across the board, market sales, customer service product. Is the is that roadmap, is that because of that um, alignment or is that mostly product driven? I'm curious if that conversation is helping build out your platform because I know that's a goal of yours is kind of like take on the whole pie, right? Yeah. Hmm. I, I don't know if I've thought of that. I mean, it definitely helped. I don't know if that was sort of the catalyst or the impetus for it, mm. but um, you know, we started having these conversations. Well, we had had sort of our real kickoff meeting where we, you know, flew in VP of CS, VP of Sales, uh, myself and and the CRO are here in Atlanta. But we spent two days together going through, you know, some really key questions and and making sure we had very clear answers on those things. It's hard to say whether that was focused on the product. Of course, product was top of mind, right? Because it's Mm -hmm. like, hey, look, we've got sort of all these things coming. How can we make sure we're on the same page and we're not scrambling and and overlooking anything at the last minute? So maybe now that I'm thinking about it, probably, you know, but um, the timing in which we did it, I think was also key because we did it, you know, 30 to 60 days before things really started to become a little bit more, you know, that you could feel the velocity in which it was taking place uh, because mm-hmm. it went from, okay, product's been building this for a while. Now marketing, it's your turn, right? Marketing mm-hmm. takes this ball. Hey team, this is what you know we're going to do. Here's the plan. Then it's sales, right? So we've gotten some of these initial demos out of the way for the project management tool. Okay. So sales, how do we take advantage of the people that signed up for the demo that didn't attend? How do we take advantage of the people that wanted to be on this sort of wait list that didn't attend the debt or didn't even sign up for the demo? How do we take advantage of all the customers that we know would love this tool, but didn't even sign up on the wait list or want to do the demo, right? So it's, you start to really get clear on all the buckets that exist, the level of awareness they have. And you stack that in terms of like more products in the future. It's a lot, man. It's a, it's a lot. It is. At any <laughs> There's given a time, lot of moving parts. Like selfishly, I think it's a fun and challenging experiment for for me because I've launched a product before, but not in in, in a way that feels like this, where it's like boom, 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 mm-hmm. and um, it's incredibly fun. Gotcha. Um, thanks for taking me through that. I've got I've got a, a little bit of a loaded question here for you, um, and we can we can take it piece by piece. Uh, but I, I'm curious, what do you see as a for a company in your situation? Um, you know, new category, product launch mode, what have you. Um, what do you see as the biggest opportunities? Uh, is it is it getting? And I, I'm assuming it's all of these, but I'd like to. I'm curious how you would rank yeah, them. Okay. Is it product positioning? Um, I because we see this with our own customers, where it's like take a look at your competitors, and it's almost like embarrassing when it's like, oh my God, we're saying the exact same thing as, as our competitors. That's obviously not a, a case for you at the moment. 
but is it um, is it investing in like dark social and 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 dark funnel and and, and providing fodder for for that? Since let's just say eighty percent of the journey is now taking place behind the scenes, um, is it investing in communities and events, which is kind yeah. of kind of overlaps yeah. with that? Yeah. Is it the web? Is it the website? Uh, because we think where where I'm sitting, uh, you know, we think that's the most important um, marketing asset that a B2B SaaS company uh, has. So a lot, a lot, a lot there, a lot to unpack. Yeah, let's, let's, well, let's break this up though. I, I think there was a lot that you just said that uh, came to mind. So let's start with the website. Um, website's always going to be important. Uh, what, what a website mm-hmm. looks like now versus what it looks like five, 10 years from now, I'm not sure, but, but the idea of it being sort of the business card for the business will always remain the same, right? Just what, how that, looks and feels will be different. There will be different experiences and technological capabilities that could exist within that, but there's always going to need to be a centralized place to communicate the overall message and to uh, capture attention or, or the need to move forward with the product. Mm -hmm. Um, For us, right? Like thinking about new products or thinking about this idea of vertical SaaS, it then, you know, then becomes sort of this thing of, We've got so many things that we could say. Um, how do you distill that down and package it in a very digestible way so it's easy to understand, um, which I, I believe is one of the most common mistakes that a lot of these SaaS companies, B2B SaaS companies make is hmm. um, I'm a marketer and I'll, I'll go to these sites and I, I look at it for 30 seconds. I have still no clue what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, there's that, but, um, you know, definitely website, definitely this idea of dark social community. And that was sort of what I was alluding to when we were, were talking about this earlier, it's definitely going to be a need for us. It's just kind of like for us, the priorities of the priorities of, we recognize all this opportunity that exists, not only in the experience, but the revenue side with our customers, we need to start and we're hiring for this role right now, a customer marketing manager to really think about this life cycle um, experience from a marketer's shoes. Somebody that can really be almost like a spy, if you will, on the marketing sure. team that's implanted in the CS team because you know customer success folks have so much to do already and they're great at so many things, but they're not marketers. And so have somebody that's thinking about this with a marketing lens is super powerful. That goes into this idea of advocacy and community which I think we get to at some point, either in 2023 or 2024, which really needs to be about um, these smaller events, these more personal uh, connections, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Scaling out this co-creation of content that, that I was talking about, um, giving you know people a chance to vocalize um, and become advocates with a, with less friction, right? There's not a, a great way that we do that today. We have to track those people down. But part of a community, right, is you're not only providing a great experience, but you're creating this, this ecosystem that you're getting all of this opportunity for people to self-serve through your community, right? Like no longer mm-hmm. do I have to necessarily answer every question about Lasso, for example, but maybe there's another customer that's gone through exactly what you're going through right now that can answer that question for us. Damn, that's awesome. Not only is that awesome because people are helping other people and it has nothing to do with Lasso, but that also gives us time and energy back. 
Um, so, I mean, it's a lot of that connection too. There's just so much um, opportunity that I think exists in the community. So those are, you mentioned website and community. Those are the first two things that, that I have to say about that. Did you want to touch on anything else within that? Um, I, I have been exploring positioning a little bit. Um, you mentioned how, you, how you're checking out um, competitors' websites and 15, 30 seconds later, you still have no idea what they are. How are you kind of internalizing that? And how are you making sure that you're not making the, the same mistake on your website so that you're, you know, you're capturing them in the, the most enticing way possible? I think there's, it takes time within a company to understand not only the product from your view, but the customer's view. The fastest way to do it, right, is, you know, when you, when you join a company is to talk to as many people internally as you can, mm -hmm. along with start to, to piece together your own opinion, conclusions, and perspective. But then there's the, the customer route. And, you know, marketers have been probably guilty of this a lot more than they want to admit, but it's, it's really spending a lot of time um, trying to take less guesses. The, you know, one of the main ways to do that is to set up interviews with your customers on gotcha. a marketing call, you know, and I did that hand-to-hand -hand combat, combat for a while. Um, and I still try to do it from time to time because what'll happen is you'll start to, you'll start to notice patterns and you'll start to understand language that's being used over and over and over again. And if you're asking the right questions as well, you're getting some really great feedback that you can use um, qualitatively where it doesn't feel like, hey, this sounds good. Um, and, and that's what a lot of markers will try to, hey, this sounds good, right? right? You're actually going with what works, how they're talking. And that's just such an underutilized uh, component of all this, because I know, for example, right now, a lot of people as markers will hate the idea of this all in one, the one place that you can go to do all this stuff. Um, that's probably going to be one of the key messaging points we hang your hat on in the future. As a marketer, it's old, been used so many times. Um, so like, you know, from my perspective, it's like, eh. but, you know, I've done so many of these calls, surveys, et cetera. Like I've gotten so much qualitative information is how do you, you know, how would you describe us to your grandmother, kindergartner, some, you know, to eighth grader, like how, how do you simplify this or, or what are you looking for as the ideal solution? If you had a magic wand, what does that look like? You know, I heard all in one or, or, you know, just certain things in general over and over again. So it's like, be stupid not to use that, right? Like that's, that's mm -hmm. what, that's what they are saying to describe this problem or this solution. And so you, you mix enough of that in there. And I think you're no longer taking guesses. Makes sense. Um, yeah. I'm, uh, we don't have to get too, too into the weeds here, but uh, just, I'm just curious uh, for, from, from a customer interview process, like how do you who did you talk to? What was your process there? Was that just like a cold call or was there like a, these, these are best fit customers. They gave us the highest NPS. Is it just kind of like across the board? I didn't go the NPS route uh, just, mm -hmm. just because I, I, uh, we didn't have that data at the time um, when I first like initially did sort of this batch grouping of customer interviews. There was probably a period of time where for probably two or three months I had multiple a week. Um, mm -hmm. And what I just did was, was come up with a, a, an email, um, more or less, 
uh, could have done some calls too along the way, but email, I had uh, a better response, right? And what I would do is just say, hey, look, my name is Drew Brucker, VP of Growth at Lasso. It's important for, for me and my team to understand if we're marketing to people like yourself in the right way and better understand like your journey as you went to going up, you know, to going about finding a solution like us in the first place. Like you have 15, you know, 30 minutes to catch up at some point. Here's my calendar link. And I just got, you know, probably like one in every three, one in every four that would set it up, you know, and, and these are busy people, right? So mm. we're very seasonably busy. Uh, totally get that, that that didn't happen. But um, I would lean on our AEs, our CS team to just say, hey, look, who's, who's sort of a customer that's been around for a while? Who's sort of a newer customer that's maybe like 60 days in and try to get different angles as well, along with sure. different positions. Um, I do. I think as as marketers, we do like we know that we need to talk to our customers, but I think in practice, it's a little bit we make it more yeah. difficult than we need to. Yeah. Um, are I think there's a fear there of some sort, but are, are you finding that having these calls, uh, just like making that extension from the marketing team and letting them know where you're coming from, that actually strengthens the relationship? Like they're they're in it with you. Like they they want to help you build this also. Or is it kind of like a mix, mix of a mix bag or I think so, because that's, that's, that's the way that I will message it. And that's, that's truly what we want. I mean, I, that has so many parallels to what we're doing, right? We're, we're built Mm -hmm. by the industry for the industry. So we need to continue to leverage that for credibility within new folks that are finding out about us in, in, in general, but then with the existing customers, Hey, like we're guiding these new products through conversations that we have along the way, through feedback and qualitative information that we get back from you, through, you know, talking to you guys in other formats. Um, so like making them feel like they're they're helping guide this industry forward. Again, going back to the idea of community, um, together. We're not we're not standing up on this pedestal and saying, hey, look, like Lass is the one doing this. We're we're doing this together. We may have a little bit more resource backing um, to do it, but like this is our job, right? Like, and so mm-hmm. we're we're leading from that sort of perspective. Cool, cool. Um, thanks for taking me through that. I would like to dive into the website, and um, you know, we can we can take this from a theoretical uh, perspective. I am kind of curious to pick your brain on on. We, we talked about it a little bit, but I'd like to dive in a little a little bit more where you see websites going, what kind of weaknesses or points of opportunity um, in B2B SaaS. Um, I, I, I guess like if we can start there, um, what do you not like what you see as far as like websites, functionality, what have you, and what opportunities do you actually see going down the line, whether it's in 2023 or 2024 and beyond? It's a great question. Um... And you didn't even you didn't even context this, but that's a loaded question too. You know, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, you know, like, I'm just saying there's so many different ways I can go with this, but I think it like let's let's go back to the idea that I think a lot of companies have a hard time um, really simplifying what it is that they do. Uh, there are just so many words that don't mean shit when you really think about it, and it's just like I, you know, there's something there's something to simplicity. If, if, if I'm reading two or three lines and that's your about you, I mean, that's, that's too much for me to understand unless I really know what I'm doing. Um, 
if if I'm still your ICP and I don't understand, that's a huge problem. Mm-hmm. So I love simplicity. I love when you can communicate clearly. A lot of a lot of B2B SaaS companies struggle with that. There's too much information on pages. Um, a website, I think, is a conversation starter. It's not somewhere where people hang out, you know, unless it, mm-hmm. you know. now look, there are companies and products where that is the case. Don't get me wrong. There are outliers. I'm just saying in general, people don't come to your website and you shouldn't expect them to hang out for 10, 20, 30 minutes. It doesn't happen. They're not going to your resource section to hang out in your blog and read through all your blogs. It's not, not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are just so many things that um, the website can be pared down to. And um, I don't know, you know, a lot of, a lot of websites are alike, which I think is both a, a positive and a negative, right? You'll see a lot of the same wireframes, a lot of the same layering of social proof, which I think from a user standpoint is advantageous because you become conditioned to know what to expect and look for. But at the same time, you blend in with everybody else. It's also a huge opportunity to layer in um, brand characteristics, brand storytelling, um, some really more intangible pieces of the puzzle. So I think B2B SaaS has probably been a little bit too conservative with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, I, yeah, I, I think I'm just curious too, in general, like where websites go in the next five, 10 years, right? I mean, obviously the mobile shift, now you're getting to this point where AI becomes a thing, you know, do we get into this point where AI and AR, uh, this virtual, you know, reality sort of thing changes the dynamic of what a website is tangibly. Uh, that could also be super interesting to see in the future. I'd like to, um, I'm not sure if it's going in this direction, but I'd like to, to engage in a little bit of spirited debate if, uh, if, if you're up for it. Let's do um, it. You mentioned the resources section. Um, uh, I guess before that, it's like the, the idea of a website as a destination. And I think there's like a, a lot, like there's a lot there as far as like what, what that could mean. Um, th- this is going to be a big buildup. I apologize here, but I like the way um, that you guys are approaching uh, your product development in that it sounds like you're going, uh, you want to capture every step of the process, right? To me, that sounds like you're, you're, you're taking this jobs to be done mentality. And we have just started diving in, into this. I'm just kind of exploring this as far as like how that mentality can be transferred to thinking about website strategy and feeding in, like bringing in the whole dark, dark funnel and dark social aspect here. If, if, if we take a job uh, and, and I'm, I've been working with this agency Stratagen, uh, who who pioneered this process. There's eight steps to any job that you're doing, whether it's you're brushing your teeth or you're buying, you're, you're, you're buying a SaaS product to complete something like, like event uh, production. There's eight steps to that job. And that uh, it starts from defining what you want to get done. Then it moves into gathering all your materials. Then it's setting them up, executing, measuring, redefining if need be. And I, I, can't, I can't remember all of these steps. But it sounds like you guys want to go after all of these eight steps, but it's it's like you can't do it all at once, right? You're kind of building the product out and just kind of expanding, expanding. So thinking about that and then laying on the website, could the website be almost like a 
like a beta testing environment for the product, where let's say your product right now specializes in the execution and measurement steps of a job. Could marketing reach out to customers, sales, what have you, understand that those first steps, gathering, aligning, uh, defining, and then create tools, calculators, uh, templates um, for the website. So this isn't even for the product, but this is this is content for the website about all these little jobs that are helping, uh, like that surround your product, if you will. I see that as fodder for dark social because it's like, you know, and as you said, the website is a place for starting conversations, right? So it's like, okay, if I'm, if somebody's having an issue in dark social, I'm just chilling with somebody in a specific community and they're like, I don't have a, I don't have a tool for defining this part of a event execution or, or like gathering like these data points. Okay, cool. Here's, here, here's a tool. And then you're, if you're the only one that's offering that, like that's a, a start, like that's a point to start a conversation. I'm rambling here a little bit. And I apologize. No, no. I, I Is this making great. sense? Yeah, I think so. Um, you brought up something interesting too, and I don't know if this is where you want to go, but uh, website. You know, we had just said starting. It's it's the starting point of some destinations. By that same account, it's also the ending point for mm -hmm. destinations. And what lacks for websites right now is that middle ground. Um. And I think this is maybe a good point that we could dive into because when you think about things like dark social and what that what that is, these are people like you and I, or, or just anybody listening to this, you've come across something before I have, you think this could be valuable, I trust you, I'm going to look into it further, you know, and, and so, mm -hmm. you'll, you're, you'll, you know, here's the problem with attribution in general, right, and dark social, right, is, you don't get real data into that journey. And, and the journey isn't linear most of the time anyway, but you don't have a confident understanding of the, you know, what caused them to convert or even the catalyst in some ways. Now, sure, you could you could put a how did you hear about us open field text on the form? And you know, yeah, you'll get some answers, but that's up to how specific they're being. Uh, it's also not 100% accurate because they could have a recency bias of misappropriating that in, you know, in general. Um, they might provide two sources in the same open line text and now you don't yeah, know which yeah, one yeah. to wait. So I mean, yeah. like, right. you know, there, there are holes in that, right? So then how do you safeguard that? Well, maybe then, you know, you take some of the information you get there. And then once they talk to sales, sales ask that question again, underlines, hey, I see you, saw, you know, you mentioned this, like, tell me a little bit more about that. Still, there's there's always this little gap that you're trying to close. But point being, website could be the starting destination for some, and it can be the ending destination for some. And the middle part is sort of, I think, what came to mind for me when you're talking about this jobs to be done, because when you're thinking about these calculators, you think about this and that and the other, it's already that middle part. Um, you know, they mm -hmm. they it's an opportunity to really solidify the argument or the pain point or the urgency or the emotional connection in general to, um, to not only be helpful for the potential customer, but to get them to convert, right? So like, yeah, that's, that's absolutely something we were thinking about, uh, not thinking about what we're working on right now. Um, you know, when I was telling you about sort of like, hey, look, like, if we asked A, B, C, D, and E about your business in terms of the number of events you put on, how many people, um, 
you know, what, what are you using for this to understand? Like, how many people are you flying out? You know, like mm-hmm. we can quickly get to this, uh, this number that feels very real that helps to uh, solidify or build credibility or a use case that this isn't a, this isn't a nice to have. It's a need to have. I love it. Beautifully said. Um, yeah, there's a, uh... I think that there's a couple of companies that are doing that and doing this um, and it's kind of evolving. One of them just to be uh, completely transparent is our customer service Titan. Um, and they built out a toolbox that is, it's like a, so service Titan um, services, anybody in um, like the maintenance industry, if you're familiar. I'm, I'm familiar. That. Yeah. And actually yeah. they're also a vertical SaaS company, Adam. So yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely know. <laughs> so they're they're killing it with their website. Um, so we're, we're kind of evangelizing this story um, and reverse engineering what they did. They have this toolbox with, where it's got like uh, invoice generators and calculators and like even company um, uh, like value calculators. And it's kind of like the stuff that surrounds its product and, and it's gaining all of these backlinks. It's got all of this traffic that's going towards it. So like right. there's interest there that's and right. oh now all they have to do is connect the dots to their product. It's like, now you're just talking about like customer, like, like buyer journey velocity. And it's like, yep. they're starting, they're starting it early. And it's just like, how do we connect those dots parcel, which is um, I'm trying to get the, uh, the owner of, or the founder of parcel on, which is an email coding, uh, a new email coding platform. They have all these cool, tools around email where it's like uh you, you know and every email uh, provider is different google yahoo apple they all it's not a standardized system as how as far as how they read code and it provides this calculator as far as like okay if 90% of your 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 email list is apple or or gmail this is these are the the elements that you should prioritize like if it's 90% gmail don't do any of this other stuff that that Apple needs you to, to prioritize. Let's just focus on these elements, whether it's like image optimization. Yeah. Really cool, really cool stuff that like I, I just hopped onto Google and I was like, I, I need this. It popped up. I don't need the product right now, but I'm using their calculator and now they're right. friends in my head. Well, you know what's so, awesome about those tools though, right? Is you know, for the business, it's mm-hmm. it's being helpful. It's also a, a, a self qualifier, you know, for them, you know, exactly used in that way, right? Like, is this even a, 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 a great potential prospect for us based on some of these answers? Um, and look, if it's not still helping them, right. Hey, look, like we may not be a good fit. This, this, this is what we recommend. People just, people love it when people, but, but businesses can be real. And then those tools in general, um, I've loved that idea since I first got into marketing, which is just the whole gamification idea, (laughs) playing with things, quizzes, Mm -hmm. and B2C has done a really great job of this because, you know, um, one thing that comes to mind is sort of, you know, these dog food companies, these gourmet dog food guys, hey, what's your dog's name? How old are they? What breed? How much do they weigh? Um, What do they like to eat? Right. And they'll custom, you know, put together a plan for, I mean, it's the same thing, right. But it feels Mm -hmm. much more fun to go through that and, um, you know, still while solving an actual need. And I think that's what, what B2B, um, needs to get better at, will get better at, but, you know, those companies that jumped on those things early and still, there's still time now are really, you know, getting the benefits. So to your point, getting those backlinks, I remember, you know, um, 
Neil Patel. He's a, he's a marketer that's been around for a long time, but he did like a mm -hmm. uh, sort of like an, a free SEO audit landing page. This was like five, six years ago. Right. And it's like, you go to the site, all you got to do is type in URL. It gives you everything. And it's like, huh. Right. It's just a, a, an easy gamification, but it's a tool to get you to a, to a, take a bigger action. Right. And um, that's the key. So I, I love that service Titan is doing. I think they got that right. Totally. Totally. Um, and I guess like, if you want to be ideal about it, it's like, could this be a tool that we productize in the future? Right. If enough people use it, you know, if, if absolutely. We can, yeah. If we can monetize this and, and build into the product. Um, awesome, man. Uh, Drew, this has been great. Uh, thanks for, thanks for, uh, you, you know, this, this is a new podcast. Uh, we're, we're all kind of new here and, and just kind of, kind of diving in and I appreciate the support and, and, and being willing to come on and just, just talk this shit through. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I do have a, like a, a, some rapid fire questions, uh, that I want to run through you, but, um, before we get in there, is there anything that you'd like to just like, whether it's your industry or yourself as a marketer, anything like you want to get off your chest as far as like, I wish more, more people did this or any kind of like insight that, that you like to provide listeners, um, just from like your experience uh, in becoming a VP of marketing? As a marketer, um, one of the best things that's ever happened to me is I, I just, yeah, I, I really found out that I'm just a, a curious person and that's really served me well. I, I think it's one of those um, functions that the more curious you are, and I think this does overlap into to many functions, but the more curious you are, the better, because marketing has certain things that never change and, and a lot more things that are changing constantly. So if you're curious, um, not only can you connect more dots, you're staying on the cutting edge, you know what's working, um, you're more um, empathetic uh, to mm -hmm. people like your customers, and you want to know the answers, right? You're not, you, you want to know the why, um, the how, the what ifs uh, of the world. And I think that just makes you extremely powerful. So um, I would say that just as, as a marketer um, and also for marketers too, I would just say, especially if you're growing in your career and you're maybe you're at this VP type level, or, or, you know, maybe speaking to someone that's, that's maybe in my shoes or maybe even speaking to myself two years ago, but make sure you're aligned with what the company thinks of marketing and, and does it believe that everything needs to be tied back to ROI? Um, that's, that's something I've, I've thrown out there a few times that I think a lot of people can relate to because look, especially right now, um, doing less with more, right? Quote unquote, does everything need to be tied to ROI? I mean, an ideal world. Sure. Does that, is that the way marketing works? Don't think so. Um, mm -hmm. There are certain things you just can't directly tie to ROI. So I always uh, sort of mention this idea of ROO, return on objectives, right? What is mm -hmm. the objective of this? What are the what is the, what are the data points around that that may or maybe are a little bit more of an indirect tie to your ROI, but not, uh, you know, a direct attachment. There are certain experiments you have to run as a marketer, and you need to be allowed to operate on those things. Otherwise, you're just going to go into this pattern where leadership only wants to move forward with strategies and execution that revolve around ROI and marketing just does not work that way. Mm -hmm. So align yourself to a company that feels the same way that you do. Um, there may be some 
pushing along the way, right? Like maybe you have to push this rock up the hill a little bit. I'm willing to do that. But what I'm not willing to do, at least in my experience to this point where I'm at now in my career is I'm not willing to have that full on conversation to change somebody's mind about it. Uh, that's just too much work. I, I want somebody that trusts what we're trying to do long-term, sees the bigger picture of marketing, understands that not every piece is, is trackable um, or even measurable from that matter. Um, and, you know, really trust your experience and your judgment. Uh, I, I can tell that this is uh, something that you're really passionate about. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, hey, uh, and just to qualify, I do have that at Lasso, which is why I'm here and why I'm happy. <laughs> no, that uh, that's beautiful. Yeah, I think um, just to feed off of that a little bit, there's there does seem to be this this relearning of sorts. You know, um, like ten years ago, all of these these uh, marketing automation platforms, which are just more tech platforms, uh, kind of taught us a, yeah. a specific way to think. And now, I, you know, perhaps it wasn't the best. It's catching up to us. It's almost like. Now we're kind of curious more so about those leading indicators rather than like like more so that the KPIs. It's like we're going back to traffic. We're going back to there you, you go. Know, like engagement because it's like that's brand awareness and you know it's like how do well we, like how we, we said right? how do you, how do you measure dark social? Uh, how I mean tell me like um, there's so, <laughs> so many of these discussions happening that are that are actually the result of revenue for your business that you just cannot make the direct connection behind and the attribution is flawed so. There has to be, um, you know, some some autonomy and some some trust there, right? And to your point, I think you said it really well. It's it's just about look, leading indicators are a great thing for marketing. So much is experimentation. You may try ten things, eight of which fail, right? That's that's pretty normal, right? Or uh, a lot of times, it's just about being consistent enough. Do you have the the runway or the trust or or the time for that matter to run a play consistently enough to allow it to compound? Like that's the other you know part of the the equation. So yeah, mm -hmm. people are unlearning. People have to unlearn. I I had to unlearn. I'm still unlearning in some ways because yeah, we were shaped in this direction, and for better or for worse, right? Times change, and and um, that never felt completely right to me because marketing always kind of felt a little bit um not ambiguous but you know like fluid shape-shifting like mm -hmm. it, it's not just this thing you can describe perfectly i agree beautifully said uh leaning into the whole be curious uh as a marketer yeah. um curious who who are your inspirations who do you listen to what books have you read that you'd like to recommend uh, to listeners. I'm, I'm, well, I'm mad because uh, before 2022, uh, I, I would say I maybe would read like, I don't know, three or four books a year, maybe like one a quarter. 2022, I read, uh, I think the total was like 43 or 44 books. It's not, look, I don't say that in a, in a braggadocious way. It's not about the number of books you read. It's about you know, retaining that information or, or sure. reading things that you want are interested in. But I was just so, uh, I found so many different avenues that I wanted to go down and I, I went pretty aggressively. The books, um, and I'm, I'm mad looking at your library whiteboard because I, I had, <laughs> I had all my 2022 books listed and I erased it. Now I'm on 2023. Uh, let's see. So I've got some books around me. I mean, I, I really enjoyed um, a book called The Things You Can Only See When You Slow Down, which is a really good book. It's not so much marketing. It's just a, about mindfulness. 
connection, family. Um, a book called Do Epic Shit is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple Ryan Holiday books, Ego is the Enemy and The Obstacle of the Way is the Way have been uh, tremendous. And then um, right now I'm reading, I, I, I just finished David Goggins' first book, Can't Hurt Me, now I'm on the second one. And uh, really like this book called Essentialism, which is like a productivity, um, the idea of doing what's essential versus non-essential, uh, you know, which is mm-hmm. very relatable for me right now because in a startup, every day I have this list of like 20 things that come to mind that I feel like I should do. How can I pare that down and, and distill it down to, to really three or five things that I'm going to care about most uh, at, at the most and do those things and, and have the discipline to do them. So I think that uh, I love podcasts, listen to podcasts. I think like a couple B2B, you know, SaaS marketers that um, I think about, I've got a girl on my team actually named Jess Cook, who's our head of content, who I, I love and I think is a great mind in content space. I I also like Nick Bennett a lot, who I think mm-hmm. is just a good voice for B2B. Um, he talks through a lot of the things that he's been through and what he's working on now. And he's really, I think, a forward thinker when it comes to evangelism and what this creator environment looks like. It's a really exciting yeah. space. Yeah, yeah, it is. And um, two more I think of are Melissa Moody, who's the CMO over at a company called Gated, which is sort of a scrappy startup. And she's just super sharp. She uh, used to work at Google. And then uh, a girl named Karina Owens, um, who I've Gong. recently caught up with. Yeah, she's at Gong. Mm. And um, she's in Atlanta, too, just like me. And, and we met up recently. And I think she's super, super smart. So those are the four that like come to mind immediately. Uh, Karina, if you're listening, I'm trying to get you on this podcast. So uh, that'd be great. <laughs> I, I, I'll see. I'll see if I can help with that. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, cool, man. This has been great. Uh, last couple of questions for you. Um, uh, best uh, best place for people to get in contact with you is that LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Cool. And are there any upcoming events that you or Lasso are going to be uh, taking part in? That's worth mentioning. No, I mean, like, it's just industry related stuff, Uh, you know, Mm. trade shows, like we're talking about things that, uh, you know, have been around for decades in terms of playbooks for marketers actually works for us. Um, Makes sense. (laughs) So like trade shows, we've got a couple of those coming up. And, um, you know, those would be really great. We're also going to probably do something that's a little bit more focused on our customers as well, maybe even try to get a user conference squared away in 2023, which I think would be exciting as well. This has been great, Drew. Thank you so much for joining us. We've, uh, I've, I've had an awesome time picking your brain. I've learned a lot. I'm going to be taking this back, um, but just really appreciate it, man. Thanks. Same, dude. I, I, Adam, I think it's great. Awesome podcast. Thanks for having me on.